Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Chi Slayers, this is your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I am super glad that you're here today. And I'm actually super glad that you're here today with my guest, Kirby Brunswick. Hey, how's it going? Are you asking me or them? Them. I know how you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we are, we're recording a podcast together. It's been a minute. When was the last one we did? Was it the student loans one? It may have been. That feels like an eternity. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a month and a half. Yeah, that was, I think we released that right like a week or two before the world fell apart, right? Before the world fell apart. I mean, China was falling apart before it, but yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and now the whole student loans thing has even changed. Of yeah. Like, do you I don't have to just... pay them right now or you can pay down your principal a ton? I'm not even sure if exactly all of it works. And I don't know if anyone is just because of how fast things. It's funny. I saw something on Facebook that said, like, you know, I'm getting emails from Lululemon CEO letting me know how they're doing. Yet my student loans company is silent. They have not sent a single thing. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, that was talking about how like you need to call them and let them know you would like to stop making payments until the required time. I think it's like September 30th as of oh, now. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I suppose they're like, yeah, if you want to keep paying us, you Yeah. You so keep they'll like keep sending on. bills and stuff. And then they probably will send like delinquent bills of like, you didn't pay your last bill. And you're like, Trump said I didn't have to. Um, All this stuff is just such a, mm-hmm. We, do you want to talk about the grant thing yesterday? Oh, gosh. So what day is it? It's the 21st of April. That's another thing. I've talked about it a couple of times, but, like, when you're creating content, like, all of that pre-packaged content, like, episodes where oh, it's like, yeah. well, that seems irrelevant. Everything's just, like, in the now. So, yeah, so it's Tuesday, the 21st. And yesterday, so first off, we didn't get the PPP loan on the first round. Which is stupid. Just super stupid because we applied within like hours of U.S. Bank opening up one their, hour within one hour uh, opening up their portal, and we didn't get it. Um, so I'm guessing it wasn't necessarily based on a first come first serve thing. Well, we or it's just the bank is so big. We're learning. Yeah, I mean, so for all you 
people out there starting out, I wish somebody would have been more aggressively telling me it is better to be a big fish in a small pond when it comes to banking than a small fish in a big pond. 10 years in practice, I don't know that I can think of a single time that we've got, yeah, that it has helped and we've gone, oh my gosh, that wouldn't have worked if we would have been at a small local bank. Um, and like, yeah. there's been lots of times they've just bitten us in the ass and you know, it just seems like a big thing or it's like, I don't know, we should switch banks someday. Yeah. It seems like a headache with all the payroll and all mm-hmm. the deposits and the, you know, we have two towns that we operate mm-hmm. in and both of those have a branch of our current bank. But like, yeah, in the end, we, uh, we know a lot of people who bank with small banks who got their who loans. Got their loan- And that's definitely the consensus on the internet. So anyway, Anyway, we didn't (laughs) didn't get the BBP. Maybe we will next on the next round if they have a next round. But then we found this other opportunity where it was a grant called savesmallbusiness.com. And it's from like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and sponsored by Vistaprint and whatever. So we were ready this time. We were going to like, I was. You say that as if we weren't ready the first time. We're even more ready of like the day that we applied for the PPP, I got the email. It didn't see the email for an hour. And then I immediately applied. But with this one, I was waiting at my computer at two central (laughs) clicking refresh to like and at two, the site crashed completely. So I just clicked refresh and like tried to figure out how to get in and it wouldn't let me register. This probably like 45 minute process. Then I had to go. But Lauren kind of took over and checked every 15 minutes yeah and it was crashed and then at like 5 30 they said they switched the page to say we're experiencing technical difficulties we'll let you know when or like check back soon when the site's back up so we were checking every half hour and then at like eight o'clock the page switched within like a 15 minute window it switched from we'll let you know when the applications are back up and running to We've reached our total limit for applications. This process is closed now. <laughs> it just makes me want to throw my pen across the room. It's just like, this is stupid. Apparently, people are fans of free money. Yeah, so, who'd have thought? Yeah. But then today, we just got $7,000 in the account. Yeah, we uh, had applied for a EIDL loan through the SBA. They communicated nothing back to us through email, even though we've inquired three times. And then money showed up into our account for a loan that we haven't necessarily agreed to yet. Yeah, because that's not free money. That's a loan. That's a lo- Well, the grant, the advance is mm. forgivable. But there's a whole slew of things of like you can't have that money forgiven and PP- so it comes out of your total PVP yeah. one if we get that. So I was talking to a patient yesterday who is like 30 weeks pregnant and um, she was talking to her OB about what birth was going to look like during this time. Mm -hmm. And so like 30 weeks, which when she do, I don't know. What month would that be? June? July. July. Early July. And so they're saying like, even in July, they're talking about how she was going to have to wear a mask the entire time. And her husband would also have to wear a mask the entire time. And if he had any symptoms at all, he would not be able to be in the room. And like, and yada, yada. And if she contracted it, they would take the baby away from her. Like, all this stuff. And she was just like, I just realized how much little control I had. And she was got all angry. And I'm like, I... It's got to suck to be a hospital, like a birthing wing of a hospital, having to make decisions right now. It's got to suck to be anybody. It's got to suck to be the SBA making decisions right now. Like, 
is just such a crapshoot. Oh, yeah. That it's like, I don't like everybody listening who's running a business is going like, I don't know what the right thing to do is. I've never learned anything. And your employees are looking at this. you and your patients are looking at you and you're like, I, I'm trying to figure it out. I promise you I'm doing my best. Yeah, but like. You know, I'm just picture these CEOs of hospitals just being like, I don't know what to do with the pregnant women. They can't tell them to birth at home like I, we wish they would. But like, you know, they're like, I don't know. Put a mask on them. Get little tiny masks for the tiny babies. As <laughs> soon as that baby comes out, put a mask on it. So, yeah. So, I don't know. We're Ugh. just. Got to roll with the punches. I mean, oh, we, we had a dark day, though. Like when we didn't get the PPP, that mm-hmm. was. The next day, the sun came up, and I was glad for that as a reminder of, like, it's it's going to be. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the money before, and we don't have the money now. wasn't ours to ever begin with. It's okay. Yeah. Your stoic shit never, like, really comforts me as much, but <laughs> hopefully least, somebody listening, it does. <laughs> at least one of us is okay. <laughs> All right. With that, let's do a review. Do you, you have the review, don't you? Yep. Okay. Um, oh, I don't have the name of the person. Let me so then we could just oh, make up I got anything. It. I got it. Okay. I figured it out. All right. So this one is from Dr. Nicole Marie. And she gave us five stars and said, a gold mine for success, creativity, and everything. Wow. This that's podcast, just the title. That's just the title, y'all. This podcast has been my saving grace. I discovered the podcast a week ago, not even. It has completely lit my creative side on fire, as well as provided me with strategies and clear ways to take a step forward. I'm a queen of run-on sentences. Just bear with me. Yeah, that was all one sentence. (laughs) I've only been in practice a couple months. I'm associating, and I was already feeling stuck and empty on ideas to market to my community. After listening to this podcast, I have come up with so many new ideas. Started a women's group. Um, to help with keeping that creative juice flowing. I've restarted having a daily gratitude journal. I have reconnected with my faith and prayer. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And in only one week, I have already seen a major return of energy and efforts I've put forth since listening to the podcast. It's real, insightful, and inspiring. I could keep going, but who wants to read that much? Just listen and find out and find your gold. And then a heart emoji, a prayer emoji, and a flower emoji. Ah, makes me want to do like a little luau dance. It's like, that's so sweet. She's actually doing it. You can't see it. <laughs> you are del- not blessed. It's delightful. <laughs> and I know I'm pretty sure that she already has stickers. Otherwise, I would say like, girl, I hook you up. But you know what? I think I need to stop saying that. Because I'm just not organized enough. No, you're really not. I'm not. I, the funny thing is, is as you were writing the, so we assembly line, the sending the stickers out to people, um, and Lauren was writing individual notes to everyone. Wait, back up. So like over the last month, I started on runs getting like anxiety. Well, you know, obviously because of like COVID stuff and like, but your brain, like, so one of the things that I started getting anxiety about is that I have all of these like random DMs, people just slide into my DMs and like all these promises out there. Like some people have sent me a message being like, hey, you read my review, but I never got my stickers. And I want to be like, girl, I said you have to send me your address. Like, I don't just magically, because you wrote an Apple review, know where you live. The internet is not that crazy. But then there's totally people who have given me their address. And I'm like, oh, I will hook you up. And then I just forget. 
I just forget. And then I can't find it. And so then I'm going back and I'm like, I don't know, did I send Sarah Smith stickers? And so I started building this anxiety that I'm like, how many people out there have I made false promises to? And they just have decided they hate She Slays the Day now because I promised them stickers. that's a reasonable response. <laughs> I so, hate that bitch. You've given them 50 hours of advice, but you didn't send them stickers, no, so they I should probably hate you. just don't like to give false promises. Um, so, yeah, so we did, like, a big free sticker giveaway last week just for people to get joy. So hopefully I caught up with everyone, but I do know that Nicole has stickers. Gotcha. Otherwise, I would say, like, I'll send you stickers. I don't know. Thank I'll try and send you stickers. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate it. Okay, should we pray and then question it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, dear God, thank you for keeping us uh, happy and healthy and safe during this time. Uh, please be with those who are impacted uh, by everything going on. Um, help us to learn from this time, um, to not go back to normal after, to take whatever lessons we learn now and and keep them and apply them towards the future for our question today help us to to speak truth to this this person to this marriage um to take what we've learned and the mistakes we've made and pass those on and hopefully that's a cascading effect where they they learn and grow and they can share with someone in their future too uh, help us to always be kind to each other help us to look for you in everything and to love each other. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this one, what did we decide we were going to call her? Lindsay? Lindsay. Lindsay. It's not a real name. We didn't give him a name, though. Oh, I'm sure it'll come. Lyle? <laughs> Lyle and Lindsay? Lyle and Lindsay. All right. So it says, Dear Lauren, during our most recent trip for the holidays to my husband's hometown, he became very emotional when we went to leave because he realized how much he misses the area. We own our own practice. He's a chiropractor too, and have been open about four years. However, we are in an area away from all family and friends, other than the new ones we've made since moving here. While I don't have any desire to return to my own hometown, my husband's own hometown is an area that just does not spark joy for me. But of course, marriage is a give and take. Part of me says that if I can bring that joy to him, since he does love that area so much, it would be worth it. So now we're considering moving. I have lots of questions regarding this, but here's my biggest dilemma. Now it feels like the past four plus years of legwork, building my network, our patients, our voice, etc., is all just a waste. I hate the idea of just starting over. It's not like we'd be transferring to a different job where there'd be an income to keep us going. We'd be back at zero dollars until we had to get the ball or until we got the ball rolling again. This past year has finally been pretty consistent month to month as far as collections is concerned. And I hate the idea of giving that up. It's such a big accomplishment and gives me such a sense of security. Additionally, we now have a baby and I fear that getting the ball rolling in a new place will be an uphill battle. When I set up my networks in our current area, we were childless, so I had unlimited time to attend whatever events and meetings my little heart desired. So I guess my question is, any thoughts on how to get over this? I know you can't tell me whether we should or should not move. I want to be a good wife, and I feel like if he loves the area so much and the only thing I'm attracted to in our area is our practice and network, 
then maybe it's something we can recreate there. It just feels like I already have senioritis and I don't want to put any effort into our current practice anymore if we will eventually be moving, whether that be six months or four years. Side note, I have a bajillion other questions about how to even do this if we decide to, but I figured that was enough of a question for now for one episode. She is correct. That's a lot. That is a lot. I was reading that as fast as I could because I got a warning from my iPad that I had like 4% battery life. And I'm like, oh shit, this is a long question. Um, when I read that, I just hear, what is the Enneagram that has like security? Six? Six. Sixness. So much like. And if you're counting at home, 15 minutes, 45 seconds is how long it took us to mention the Enneagram. <laughs> Whatever. It's my side gig. It's going to become an Enneagram coach. In my, it'll just be like a party trick. I can just be like, you're this, you're that. Like the opposite of what you're supposed I to do as a coach. think that's the opposite of being an Enneagram Whatever. Anyways, I'll make it my own. Um, but yeah, so. Your sixness? The sixness. When I uh, read it, it seems very from like an outsider perspective that the sense of security might be blinding any kind of real going inside, wondering, you know, type thing. Well, I mean, there's a mix of it. There's a mix of, th there seems to be fear in it. There's a lot of fear mm -hmm. of the uncertain, um, which is completely rational, but there's also a lot of kindness there too, of like mm -hmm. not necessarily being excited about the new location, but loving your husband so much and seeing his passion for it. Like that's, that's beautiful selflessness. I wish we knew more about what we name him Lyle. About Lyle. Lyle. Yeah, it would be. Because like if Lyle's a seven. Oh yeah. Then Lindsay like, at this point is just like, so for again, like, come on, if you're going to listen to the podcast, you just need to like know the Enneagram. So like sevens just don't want to feel their feelings and they just want the next fun thing. So yeah. So when she says like collections are or finally stable. Yeah. If like collections are finally stable and she's going like, like, this is great. We actually have, we can take a breath for a second. And he's like, boring. Boring. We actually got, <laughs> this is okay. So we're done. We made a stable practice next. Like, next. So yeah, that, I mean, that's hard. And, and with the Enneagram thing, like we, I would encourage any, um, any couple, any business relationship too, to do some kind of personality test. Like we like the Enneagram. We both have dug into it a fair amount. It's a shorthand to understand your motivation in doing anything. Mm -hmm. Motivations and fears. Yep. And I think that's a big thing with, with this is what's his motivation. What's your fear? Yep. Yep. Oh, we're not going to make it an Enneagram talk, but it is, it is a good starting point of only, you know, like what's his motivation in doing this? What's his fear from staying? What's your motivation in staying? What's your fear in going? Mm -hmm. And that's a really good place to kind of start as a conversation with each other. Um, so when I read like something, my iPad is dead now, but I wrote it down. It was like the last four years were all a waste. I hate the idea of just starting over. Like there was just so much fear in that, in that sentence. Um, you know, so like when I hear four years was a waste. So I don't, I don't really relate to that. I can see where, why she's saying that, mm -hmm. but like, you know, remove yourself from the idea of chiropractic. Like, who's that artist that made the church thing? 
The Sistine Chapel? Yeah, it's a church, right? Yeah. It's a church ceiling? Yep. Michelangelo. Okay. So, like, Michelangelo probably spent a hot minute working on that. I've never yeah. seen it. But I hear it's impressive. And, you know, at the end, if he was like, well, now I just, I'm just going to, like, move on and start a new piece of art. Like, what would, wow, that was a waste. And it's like, well... No, it wasn't a waste at all. You learned, you you created something of value. And like the four years that they put into this practice, like it's valuable. Oh, yeah. I'm sure if they have good, consistent collections, like they actually have something that is monetarily, externally validating, valuable. And even if they didn't, you would have four years of experience that are valuable. But thankfully, it sounds like you actually have something that is truly valuable. And this question was sent in pre-COVID, but I, you know, I can hear someone talking about like, well, I don't know that right now is a good time to sell a practice. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't think you should make life decisions on, I don't know, necessarily around that. Like, it's really tricky too right now of like, it all depends on where you're sitting. So mm -hmm. like it, the stock market taking a huge crash, if you happened to have a bunch of cash that you hadn't invested in anything yet, now might be a great opportunity. If you were going to retire, you know, next week, well, then it's an absolute tragedy. So I don't, I don't think there's any absolutes in, right. is it good, bad? Yeah, but I mean, there are, there are students still graduating from chiropractic school. There are that need to know what their option is going to be. And buying a clinic is great. For them, um, you know, I don't know her practice number, so I don't really know how much they could sell the clinic for. Mm -hmm. But like there are associates who got laid off during this time who are like, well, shit, I guess I'm starting a practice or buying a practice. Like, are you going to get the most money for it right now that maybe you would have gotten four months ago? No, probably not. But like you can still sell this practice and like get money for it. So the last four years was not a waste. Like this, you have a friend that makes businesses and then sells businesses. And like people make millions and millions of dollars with the goal of doing exactly what you might do. Yeah, like, of yeah, making something, selling it, making another one. And then who knows where you go from there. The other thing too is there's a million options here. You could... You could sell now, you could wait and sell later, but you're already starting to plan. So you're building mm -hmm. up your numbers, you're, you know, knowing what buyers are looking for. You have time to do that. You might, there might be a bunch of associates out there that if you're willing and you have your systems and procedures in order, you can have an associate and you keep owning this practice, but someone else is the day-to-day hands-on doc. And, you know, I know you're going to be moving several hours away, but if your systems are good and you know how to use Zoom, you know, maybe yeah. that's the route and yeah. that helps fund your next venture. But, you know, what I worry, it, you know, it depends on what the fear is coming from is, you know, are you afraid that you can't recreate what you did? And like, you know, I was talking about, um, okay, so it was after the Megan episode recently, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, where she was talking about like, why we numb and overeat is because we're afraid of feeling feelings. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. I, I'm feeling feelings like I am scared. I'm afraid. Like, why am I still eating? And so then I'm like, okay, well, let's take this 
a little deeper. Why am I afraid? Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to go bankrupt. Okay, let's take it a step further. And then I'm like, what will that mean? Well, that means that my success was a fluke, that I didn't deserve it in the first place. I didn't do, it wasn't based on my knowledge and skills. It was luck. And that I'm a big fat failure and nobody should trust me and whatever. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's what's hiding inside my body. That this thing we created, that worst case scenario, we go bankrupt. We couldn't do it again because it was by chance we did it the first time. And that's some real stuff. Mm -hmm. That's some real stuff that's like, yeah, if that's living in you, you're going to spend a lot of time living in a place of fear and not making decisions from a place of strength and trust and faith. But getting to that level, that knowing that like actually facing it, that uh, revelation that like kind of hurts but feels good in the fact that like, mm -hmm. oh, this really hurts. This must be true mm -hmm. those are some of the things that you almost need to get down to yeah in order to move forward because then you can either see it and feel it and realize that it's not true or know that that's always going to be in the back of your head and start taking steps to mitigate or show yourself that it's not true yeah our brain's just so not fair because like it never goes what if four years from now we have so let's just so I can talk in numbers. It's just as easier for me. So like, let's say they're seeing 200 people a week between the two of them. So like, what if her brain is going like, oh my gosh, it took us four years to do this. What if it takes us six years to get to 200 people a week? What if four years in, we're only at a hundred people a week? Like this was so hard. Like, you know, we mm -hmm. kind of do that where it's like, well, it took me this long to get to this number. So therefore it's going to take this long to get to that number yeah. again or to double. But our brain never goes, what if in four years you're seeing 500 people a week? Yeah. Like our brain never does the like, what if you're wildly successful? Like we, it only goes to the like, what if I fail? Yeah. Well, especially in times of stress, like you can have those moments of Especially exuberance. if she's a six. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Enneagram always. But I think that that comes to a good point of like you, you know, you mentioned that you have a baby now and so you don't have the time the energy um to be able to do all the things you did the first time around who says you have to yeah that's awesome you don't have to do all the things you did the first time around think of all the moms groups and play dates that you couldn't go to as a like prenatal and pediatric chiropractor um I know she's a pediatric chiropractor. Yeah. She's got her ICPA certification. But like, think of all the weird play dates you couldn't go to because you weren't a mom. Because you're just some like 26 year old girl. Like, <laughs> like, let me tell you how hey, to be a mom. Hey, I just like kids. No, I don't have any. Like, so boom, get your kid to market for you. Exactly. Think of the ins that your kid is going to provide for you in this new community that you didn't have with this one. Well, and think about the mistakes that you made that oh, you gosh. don't have to do again. When I we spent so many years. Okay, so I don't know what other people's Kiwanis groups are like. Yeah, Let me tell you yeah, this about is not Cumberland, an indictment Wisconsin. of the organization Kiwanis. And this is also not an indictment of Cumberland's Kiwanis. Like, it's fantastic. We have people who listen, whatever. None of them are the people who go to Kiwanis. But, like... It was, it is a group of like 40, 60 plus year old men. Like 
that's what it was. And they were not my target market, but I went and I was just like, you know, 25. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Because you like, knew you had to get involved you in the community. Stuff. You, you have, have to do stuff. And so I was just like, finally, after zero new patients and like, don't be like, oh, Lauren, you weren't. Oh, I was hustling. Um, after. Well, OK, when I say zero new patients, I mean, like two guys who had like come and realized like that I was definitely not their chiropractor and that they were going to, you know, yeah. um, you know, I was like, this is a waste of my time. So, you know, you'll have that. You'll learn that. Well, and that's the thing is you probably did learn those lessons in your existing community and you don't have to do that again next time. You spent four years honing your vision and your voice. Like you talk about not wanting to waste, like everything feels like a waste of building your practice and your community and your voice. It's not a waste at all because you now actually know what your voice is and you have an opportunity to, from the beginning, build a practice that's congruent with your actual mission. Mm -hmm. I am sure that you have made some compromises. I would bet money that in starting a practice from scratch, you, you had some compromises starting out because you didn't know what to do. And now you don't have to do that again if you don't want to. Yeah. So like what I would do is I would do a magic wand exercise where say like if I could wave a magic wand in two years from now, um, we were living there. We were happy. We were seeing an abundance of patients. Our clinic was thriving. Would, would you be okay? So if you can remove the fear and the what ifs of like, what if it fails? What if it fails? What if it fails? What if it is wildly successful? Would you be okay with it? And that's where you need to start from the decision-making of going like, okay, I can see both sides. I can see that there's going to be struggle, but I could also see potential that mm -hmm. this might be amazing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so it reminds me of like this fear of like holding on to the security. Uh, I had to look it up. It's like Colossians 3.2 and it's like set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And it's just like this feeling of like, yep, it feels like you're holding on, like just squeezing so tight to this thing that you think you built, you and him built it. And like, uh, and then that's why you're scared because you're like, I don't know if I have the energy. I don't know if I can do this. And it's like all of this, like I and us. And it's like, okay, <laughs> when you go to the drawing board, when you go inside, when you and your husband talk, like, what are you being called to do? Like, you know, we when we talked about mission, marriage mission statement, like forever ago. Yeah, that was like episode eight or something yeah. like that. So the big thing is having a marriage mission statement where you actually sit down and you say, what is what is this relationship about? What do what do we want to accomplish with the time that we have here? And what is our focus? Um, so if you, if you know, and that's the thing that steers you. So we have a focus on God is kind of in all things for us. There's a focus on having impact on serving our community, on serving our family and keeping our family together. Um, and those things are guiding posts when we do have big issues or big decisions to make you can come back to that marriage mission statement and say, does it serve this? Like if what we're arguing about, 
comes into conflict with our marriage mission statement, then the argument goes one way. If it is supported and fulfills our marriage mission statement, then we go the other way. Um, so having that in your life, and that's a you know taking a step back from this whole thing, it kind of goes back to what we said at the beginning of understanding your motivations and why you're doing this and what's going on internally is going to help make a lot of these decisions for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe it's not God, maybe, you know, whatever it is for you guys, but like, do you feel when you remove that fear, do you feel like you've done the work that you were su supposed to do? Like it may feel unfinished to you, but who are you to say that you're the one who's supposed to finish it? Like, you know, God may be like, yeah, you got this to a good point. And the whole point of what you were supposed to do was to create this. So it was going to be at the perfect price point for this person who's just coming into your life. You don't even know to take over like your role may have been creating this for like, we don't know. Yeah. We just, but when we hold on to things so tightly, we can't see the options of possibility of like flow. Are you being called to like, let go of this and go have an impact in a different community? Yes. I mean, sometimes your palace can be your prison. So like maybe you're in a place that has a great market for pediatric chiropractic and everyone knows about it. And so it's easy operating there and the place you're going doesn't. Maybe those people need you to educate them. Like, so really look at what you're deeply called to do, both as individuals and in your marriage and whatever your, you know, innate intelligence or divine guidance is and assess both what you're doing now and what you're thinking of doing through that lens. Yeah. Um, can I hijack this for a second? Yeah, go tell. So when you're talking about our marriage mission statement, it reminded me of our marriage mission statement. Where do you think the dog falls in that? Oh, God. Because exploration is one of, like, our things that we want. Mm-hmm. So just for all of you knowing, so I... This I'm, is a huge segue. Well, <laughs> we'll get back to you, Lindsay and Lyle. It's like, like an ad break, but it's just like us <laughs> psychologically breaking down our current well, issues. Well, I got distracted. <laughs> I'm sure you saw like my brain kind yeah. of go somewhere else and I'm like, shoot. So we are not, we've never had a dog. And with the whole COVID stuff, stuff mm -hmm. um and travel like okay i am very part seven i know i tell you guys all the time i'm a three but like there is so much seven in me that's like i need fun what's the next thing what's she the next plans thing? our next vacation while we're on our current vacation well usually it's on the flight home mm, it's during them a lot of times it's not but anyways on vacation i'm focused on being a three and sharing with the world that i'm on vacation that's true okay anyways so with no vacations on the horizon, I'm like, and I can see this. I, my actions are very transparent. I'm like, we should get a dog. And so we've been talking about it for like six weeks. And Kirby's actually going to look at a baby, baby puppy today and put a deposit down. We still have a month to decide. I was like, where do you think a dog falls into her? It's like getting a, it's like a, positive for our family that it is would true. have impact on the clinic because we would train it to be a service dog mm -hmm. it probably dampens the exploration part we could but is that something we uh, i don't know like i i don't know i feel like everything you do 
it'll all work out. It'll the lessons are coming for you one way or another. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I view the view life. So if we do this and we find out it was a difficult or a poor, a poor decision in our eyes, you know, six months from now. I feel like you're positioning yourself as like not wanting to say yes to the dog, but not saying no to the dog. So you can like six months from now be like, I told you this was a bad idea. No, I'm, I'm almost the opposite. Yeah. Cause I, I have, I ever said, I told you so. No, that's more my role in the marriage. I know I've had, Times where I could have, but I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually said it. So no, I'm. You know what I'm saying though, of like. So actually, I wasn't really. I got distracted because you did say one thing that worked for me. Of like, <laughs> poor Kirby. I just like pick, like these things. Like, oh, I got distracted because you actually did say something good, and then my brain went. So like, the biggest dilemma is exploring the world and traveling mm-hmm. over like our kids like there's your and it's like oh crap so anyway so we're probably getting a damn dog it's gonna be so cute though (laughs) i'm just gonna have to go on instagram on my personal account and erase traveler and put dog yeah because we'll never travel again because we gotta (laughs) just all or nothing for you it's either going 14 vacations in a year or no vacations because we have a dog we're going to go on a ton of vacations, All assuming right. that the world's still here. Anyways, back from our ad break so I could focus back on Lindsay and Lyle. I got distracted. It's okay. It's okay. I squirrel moments. So anyways, back to like work on your marriage statement, your marriage mission statement. And uh, then you can determine whether in this move you guys should also get a dog. Yep. I think you should definitely you get a dog. how I tied that in? Smooth. Good job. So smooth. Good so job. smooth. Good job. Um, okay, so one more point that I wanted to bring up, back to Lindsay, uh, is she says, I feel like I have senioritis already and I don't want to put anything more into the clinic. And that's a problem because whether you stay or, in her mind, if we go, like, I don't want to put any more energy into this thing if we're just going to leave it, mm-hmm. you're going to have to put a lot of energy into it in prepping it to sell it oh yeah it's almost like um this is actually a really good analogy better to my guy who painted the church thing so when you decide you're gonna move okay you're like all right we need a bigger house and you go house shopping and you find this perfect house and you love it you like can picture yourselves there you picture the dog that you got it's gonna go great in the backyard do we need a different house if we get a dog no. What are you talking about? Okay. Anyways, what was I talking about? <laughs> you were oh, talking about prepping. <laughs> yes. You still have to do all this work to sell your house then. So you come back, you've f- fallen in love with this house and you come back to your house and you're like, this house is stupid. I can't wait to be in my new house. And then the real estate agent's like, okay, so like uh, tangerine is actually not a like crowd appeasing color. So you're going to have to paint this entire room cream or gray joanna gains shades of gray and you're like i don't want to spend my entire saturday painting this house painting house i'm not gonna live i'm done with this house and it's like yeah but that's what you have to do so like we'll spend an entire episode at some point talking about how to prep a clinic for sale but like it's gonna come down to like you need to focus your energy again whether you guys are gonna have to figure out a timeline so first you got to figure out if this is actually something you need to do Mm -hmm. 
then you're going to need to figure out a realistic timeline and realistic. Like don't just because I say the word realistic doesn't mean it can't be six months. I don't know. What is God asking you to do? Yep. And I posted this a while ago of like, I don't know if you're a prayer, prayer, um, but like ask him to make it obvious. Seriously, like every night you and your husband, like do a 10 second prayer before bed or whatever of like, God, we're confused. Make it obvious. And if, you know, somebody sends you an email saying like, hey, I don't know if you've ever thought about selling your practice. You laugh, but like, that's the kind of shit that like can happen where you're like, oh, for real? Like, so just pray, make it obvious if you don't know what it is. And like, you can set a timeline. But if there's anything we have learned in the last two, three months is like, you don't really have control. Yeah. You, you can like, I think having a plan is a good idea. But like, so whether you say like, okay, one year from now, we are going to put our clinic on the market and it's probably going to take six months to a year to find a seller and transition. And then, so like within two years, we'd like to do this. Great plan. But like, and there's a lot of work that would need to happen mm. over, you know, if that plan goes exactly as you. Yeah. Think. You got a lot of stuff to clean got up. Got a lot of stuff to do. Yep. Um, but like. What happens if you get an email two months from now that his mom is sick and they need you got you like the best thing for your family is to be there helping like you just don't oh, know. Yeah. Or if someone like you said, if someone messages you and said, have you ever think of, thought about selling? That's a great like business analogy that I've heard before. Um, a friend of mine's father-in-law who had sold a bunch of businesses asked him, like, well, what's your what's your number for how much you want to sell your company for? And uh, what's your bottom dollar? What would you what would you sell it for? And my friend answered and gave a number. And then uh, and this father-in-law said, OK, so I come in and I offer you ten thousand dollars less. And they're talking about hundred like over a million dollars. He's like, I, I offer you ten thousand dollars less than that. And he goes, yeah, I'd probably take that. He goes, OK, so then that number you gave me wasn't your bottom dollar. Like, understand what you take. Um, because you might be surprised, like you might have an ideal that you're going to set for a year or a year and a half from now to sell. But what if someone came in and offered you 10,000 less next month? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you really be ready to do? So you got to keep, and that might be a moving number for you guys, but you have to have those conversations so that you are ready because things move fast sometimes as this past couple months has taught us. Yeah. So to kind of get your house in order. It starts with getting like not your business in order, but getting your your house, mm. your marriage, like what's under your house house, <laughs> like talk with each other, do some self-evaluation as far as like, again, what are the fears here? Why are those fears there? Are they realistic? What happens if the opposite happens of your worst fear? Like have those conversations. Don't just move because like. It'll bring him joy. And I guess that's what you do in a marriage. Like understand what you want, too. So like it sounds like Lyle knows what he wants or what would make him happy or what he thinks would make him happy at this time. She seems afraid to leave the things that she generally likes. But she said, the only thing I like about where we are is my practice and my network. So if you like the magic wand thing, if you could build a new practice, if you could build a new network, well, then you're just back to where you are now. What is the thing? So maybe it's not a place for you. Maybe his hometown or your hometown or any town isn't what 
sparks joy for you, is it the kind of life you're living? So if you can move to this place that makes him happy, but the thing that you feel would make you happy is, you know, having a cute farmhouse in the country or having a different kind of house in the middle of the city, or it's building a side hustle business, or it's only working part time or becoming an author, whatever your thing is, try to find what that is for you so that it's not just him being fulfilled and you going, I'm fulfilled just because he's fulfilled. Try to find that thing that he can support you on too. Yeah, that's where the marriage really moves into that like second stage of life where it's like, well, it's not about what he wants and what you want. It's it's what do you two, what were you two brought together for to accomplish? And does moving there help do that? So, I don't know. I hope this was, I think it was helpful. Maybe except for that dog part. No, You know I think what's going to be weird? Somebody listening is going to be like, all of this was shit except for the dog part. <laughs> My husband and I are also thinking about getting a puppy during COVID. And Jason's sitting over there like, I give away <laughs> oh puppies. Why are you buying puppies from someone else? That's a callback. <laughs> that is a callback. If you... If, you if got you're that. a real fan of She Slays the Day, you know, oh, you know the Jason puppy Jason, episode. the insurance salesman, is giving away puppies. <laughs> okay, She Slayers. Um, oh, we forgot to tell them about the... The thing. The thing. Well, we're not really going to tell them about the thing, and right? now you're wondering what the thing is. It's not the dog. Um, so, all I'll say is we have a date. It's June 1st. Um, there is something that we are going to be starting, uh, that will be an eight week long intensive thing, thing, masterclass. Oh, I'm giving like everything yeah, away. Yeah, what are you doing? Workshop. So, Shh, stop Stop talking. saying words. Stop talking. All right. All right. I'll take care. I'll take care. <laughs> All right. So there's a thing that we are working on. It's going to be helpful to you. It's going to be timely. Um, and it's going to be. Uh, even more deeper dive than than these things are these podcasts so it's going to be useful um we will be revealing more information in the coming weeks so if you go to our instagram the she slays podcast instagram uh, and click on the link tree there will be a thing called first dibs and if you enter your email there you will get the first knowledge of it and probably some exclusive opportunity to get it at a price that other people might not so well i'm sorry i'm just gonna post it on instagram later i'll be like hi girl (laughs) you're just you're just making but we're still figuring it all out but i figured it out in my head yeah i know you have i go for runs and i come back with plans Mm -hmm. and someone has to execute those well this has actually been brewing for like three months we've had focus groups on this stuff so it's gonna be amazing and there's going to be limited spots. Yep. Like in a true limited spot way, not like by limited, I mean yeah. 200 spots. It, like I want it to feel intimate yeah, so I can it's actually It's fundamental to the actual product itself that it's limited. So. Yep. So go to that uh, link in our Instagram bio, mm-hmm. click on it, and then click on first dibs um, and you'll, you'll be in it. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, everyone. Love you so much. Um, Stay tuned on the dog situation. (laughs) And I hope that you are just 
getting by. I mean, some days are going to be great. Some days are going to be absolute shit. We're all going through this together. I love you so much. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook if you need some extra love, just some support. Um, I'm there for you. And I'll try not to lose your DM. Just don't ask for stickers. <laughs> all right. Until next week, she slayers. Bye. Bye. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.